Impact Hustlers, the podcast on entrepreneurs and changemakers that are creating solutions to the world's biggest problems. Impact Hustlers is brought to you by Waira UK, part of Telefonica Open Future. Visit waira.co.uk to learn how our acceleration programs can help your startup grow. And this is your host, Michael Shafrat. In today's episode, I'm joined by Kenny Evan, CEO and founder of WeFarm, a social network for smallholder farmers that allows them to exchange knowledge and help each other grow more food more sustainably. Um, WeFarm has been spun out of a nonprofit organization in 2015 and has since attracted about 900,000 farmers to its platform. And you have been backed by some pretty prominent investors by now. London-based Local Globe, True Ventures in Silicon Valley, Skype founder Nicholas Zenström and WordPress founder Matt Vomalovic. So some really prominent faces backing you, definitely. It's great to have you, Kenny. Thanks very much for joining. Oh, thank you. It's, a, it's an absolute pleasure. Thanks very much. Um, so my first question is around what motivated you to set up WeFarm in 2015? What was the problem that you saw back then? And why did you send set up WeFarm at that time? Sure. I mean, I think the core the core problem that we tackle at WeFarm is is lack of access to knowledge and information for, for small-scale farmers. Um, so about 500 million small-scale farms globally, uh, mostly in sub-Saharan Africa and, and Southeast Asia. Uh, that's about one and a half billion people that live and work in those farms. And the vast majority still have no connection to the internet. So obviously a big knowledge gap in, in how they find out information about planting a new crop, battling a disease. But it's also a big problem for, for everybody else. I mean, this is our global supply chain. It's 80% of all the food we eat on, on Earth. And I think, I think what we kind of brought differently to this problem was, was uh, you know, I think... The, the desire to do it peer-to-peer, the desire to create something sustainable and actually trust people to share knowledge with, with each other. I think overwhelmingly in this space, the, the status quo was that, that kind of poor people just needed to be told what to do. Uh, and governments and NGOs had, had very much tackled it in a top-down way. Uh, and I think what, what we tried to do differently at WeFarm was, you know, connect the, the one farmer who's got a, a problem with the other one farmer who's been dealing with that you know same problem for 20 years uh, and has really relevant knowledge to, to share with them. Um, so as I said, you're about 900,000 farmers strong. Uh, I think your main user base at the moment is in Kenya, but you're expanding bit by bit through other countries as well. So how can this be possibly a profitable business to help farmers in rural Africa where they might not be paying you a lot of money, right? So how can this be, how can WeFarm be a profitable business? Yeah, so I mean, the WeFarm platform itself is entirely free. You know, farmers mostly use our services through SMS, and, and they don't even pay for the SMS. We we zero rate that. Uh, our business model is based around. I mean, we're we're building an ecosystem at WeFarm, not just a question and answer platform. So a lot of the the things that we're we're working on now is allowing farmers to actually start accessing markets, products, and services uh, through the WeFarm platform. Uh, we kind of found organically that people were trying to use WeFarm to trade with each other, to get access to, to services like loans or insurance for their crops, um, obviously to do things like buy seeds or fertilizers. Uh, and we're really now allowing people to, to start doing that through WeFarm. Uh, and, and that's obviously one way we make money. Uh, we also look at the data side of what we do. Um, you know, we have tens of thousands of, of conversations a day. Uh, and the aggregated data from that is a really powerful, both social and commercial product, um, giving insight into disease patterns, uh, drought patterns, uh, and, and lots of other things within the agricultural space. You know, that's valuable for, you know, obviously the multinationals that are buying this product, uh, but also, you know, local governments and NGOs that are working with the farmers. Mm-hmm. So are you working with the first multinationals on, on that aspect? Or uh, is that further down your roadmap? Uh, are you focused on user acquisition right now? What's the, what's the focus? Yes, yeah, so we've primarily focused on user acquisition of building a really 
powerful network. You know, we're now the, the biggest uh, service like this in the world. Um, you know, with two thousand farmers joining us every day. Um, but you know, we 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 do work on our commercial side as well. Uh, you know, we we did a, a partnership with Preta Mongje uh, last year. Um, we've worked with some big NGOs like like Heifer International, uh, and you know, continuing to, to try and buy, build that side of the business. What's the interest when you worked with Preta Mongje, for example? What's the interest they have in this? Is it? Uh, I guess it's not just a CSR initiative. They're actually interested in learning sure. more about the supply chain, right? Right. I mean, I think coffee as a whole is a really good example of how this works at We Farm. that, you know, even the really, really big uh, coffee names are, are, are probably buying single origin coffee products. You know, they're selling single origin to consumer and that has to come literally from, from one set of farmers uh, in one country. Um, coffee is a once a year crop. It's highly susceptible to climate change, um, changing, you know, weather patterns and such like. Uh, as well as disease. Um, and so, you know, these big multinationals are very reliant on a very small group of farmers to produce the coffee they need to, to sell and getting insight into what's actually happening. You know, is the coffee going to ripen earlier or later than anticipated this year? Are there fertilization problems? Is it going to be a big harvest or a small one? I mean, fairly simple, fundamental things that, that help people to manage their supply chains. I want to talk a bit about your funding round. So you managed to attract quite some capital from prominent investors that many founders dream raising money from and getting their support just beyond the money as well so you have both uk and us based investors uh, did you find it hard to convince them to invest in a product that mainly has its users or doesn't have any users in the uk or the us but all the users basically mainly in africa i think you had a few in latin america as well but how did you find convincing investors hey <laughs> all the users are actually not in your country uh, was that hard at all oh oh yeah um you know walking into to speak to a, a london-based vc and, and and explaining this product that works over sms in africa with with small-scale farmers um you know definitely got a few funny looks um i, I mean i think in reality i think we, we've kind of found that the really the really tier one and Uh, prominent investors who you know we've been lucky enough to to to, to back to back us they they really see the bigger vision of what we're doing you know there's a there's a certain set of vcs who probably get scared by by everything we've just talked about um you know we've been told numerous times that the vcs don't don't feel like they know enough about our market to be able to help but then you get a certain caliber of vc that is excited about their lack of knowledge about all those things and see it as an opportunity um you know we're, we're building something for what is effectively the biggest industry on earth uh, in small scale agriculture uh and we're doing you know we've got enough traction now that that we can show that it's 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 you know growing it's a powerful model it's got a great social mission of huge commercial opportunity and you know we've uh, managed to convince some pretty big vcs to, to get on board so what would you advise founders other founders that are maybe based in europe or in the us and uh, are looking to solve a problem in a developing economy how should they tackle this maybe from a more business point of view but then also from a fundraising point of view what are the tips that you can give them to be more likely to succeed well i mean I, th i think number one is that you, you have to work hard to show why uh, an investor should back you right and that's the same wherever you're working but you know if you're working in developing uh, economy if you're doing a product which by uh, by standard measures in in the uk is probably considered a little strange then you have to work even harder to show why it is that you're going to win this space i mean in the th three four years that we've been doing we farm and, and raising money i think the landscape has changed dramatically i think three years ago people looked at 
South Africa and you know we're you know, automatically suspicious I think now there's a growing excitement in, in uh, you know the, the, the opportunity to get involved in, in, in Africa and, and you know this huge emerging billion market you know Andreessen Horowitz invested in, in Brancher you know mostly based in Kenya there's increasing I think awareness of this opportunity so I think if you are that type of entrepreneur it's you're the right time to be doing this but i think you you do have to lay out those those metrics you know you cannot expect to walk into a vc's office in london or san francisco and them to know how much a small-scale farmer spends on insurance or loans or what the market globally for you know agricultural products is or anything like that so you have to really lay that out for them you know and 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 take it down to show what if you are successful what does that mean what Mm. what what profit what impact what comes out of that did he find it an advantage for you guys to be based in the uk as well as in kenya for example you're based there as well right uh, was that an advantage for you or uh, as opposed to for example just being based in kenya only right definitely i mean i think i mean there's pros and cons like everything i think you know building a startup is really hard uh, even when you're all sitting around one table doing it split across you know for us three different countries we have offices in, in nairobi kampala and london you know makes it even harder but on the other side yeah it's it's a fantastic opportunity for us you know especially from the fundraising point of view you know there is still like a real lack of access to venture capital in, in Africa um, had we been purely based in Kenya I don't think there's any way that we would have um, you know been able to raise from the funds that we have or, or get access to the amount of capital capital we have and I think the other thing is is different different talent pools um, you know we, we have a lot of data scientists working here at WeFarm that's that's a very hard skill to recruit in East Africa um, and I think we need the access to that kind of Western world pool of talent at this stage but uh, But, you know, ultimately, we're building a global business. Um, so, you know, I think I think it, I, I hope it certainly doesn't matter in the future where, where we're based. You mentioned you have three offices mainly. Uh, you have one in Uganda, Kenya, and then here in the UK. From an operational perspective, what are the main struggles you face with that? You said building a startup is hard anyways, right? So what are the main challenges you face? And... Um, Again, what would you suggest to other founders in terms of a more decentralized model in the early days still, right? Although you've kind of come a long way, you're still kind of scaling up, right? So yeah. how, how, how can this work and what are the main struggles that you face? Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest challenge is, is definitely communication. Um, you know, I think one of our biggest strengths at WeFarm is the kind of very diverse team we have in, in all aspects um, you know, gender, you know, country of birth, you know, the, whatever way you want to look at it. But there's also challenges in that, right? We have um, a, a lot of people. I think we have 19 different nationalities out of 37 team members that we farm. Um, you know, people who've gone through very different education systems. Uh, and, you know, there is different understandings of the same thing within that massive kind of cultural mix. Um, and so we have to put a lot of time and effort into making sure people uh, all understand the same things from the same process. Mm. Uh, it's very easy to, you know, for somebody to say the same words and, and you know, two different people to take very different meanings from that. It's, it's something I think all startups come across but when you're you're split across multiple countries probably having phone conversations rather than face to face it all just becomes exponentially harder um so i think really taking the time to make sure that you get some of those things right um you know it can take 15 minutes an hour whatever extra to to have 
those conversations and make sure everybody understands. But ultimately, it's uh, it's you know it's time saved um, from not having to repeat yourself a million times and, and start processes again. Back to the product. So one of your main advantages you mentioned it. Uh, your customers often don't have direct access to the internet, or if so, then only occasionally, and uh, it's really not as reliable. Um, so one of your advantages for the product is that it works over text messages, right? My question is mainly with all the tech giants now investing heavily in internet access in those areas and like probably in the next 50 years or well probably even faster than that uh, like internet access will spread out much more do you see that as an advantage or disadvantage to what you do um, uh, how core is the text message element is it just a hack right now or is it something that really differentiates you from them just looking it up on any other platform on the internet Uh, I mean, I think we would look at it as a bit of both. I don't think it's it's a hack necessarily, but it's a means to an end for us. It's it's not about the channel; it's about the content. I guess what we do is 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 build a massive trust and confidence in our network from people that aren't using any other service, uh, and we hope that. Uh, you know, to, to your other question, we hope that internet access eventually provides a greater opportunity for us to provide even richer and, and better content for people that have already been using us for, for a number of years. So I guess the analogy we'd use in this is, is Netflix, right? Where, you know, Netflix built an incredible brand and trust and loyalty and confidence by sending DVDs through the post to people. Um, they, you know, saw the future coming and were able then to transition that that brand and that loyalty into, you know, what we all know is a massively successful online platform. And I think we would look at doing something similar with WeFarm of, you know, over the next few years, we will have, you know, tens of millions of farmers using us as their first real service that's been built for them uh, and even when they get their first smartphone or you know the the internet comes and it is coming um, we hope that they'll transition that into into using WeFarm to do even more things um, but I think the other the other thing about the you know Google putting hot air balloons in the sky and and all these things is 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 showing just how important this this market is uh, I mean you know Google talk about this as a as a social social project a CSR thing but really I think it's about acquiring the next billion users uh, and they're so keen to get the users that we're acquiring that they're they're putting hot air balloons in the sky to do that um, so you know I think it's 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 a really interesting frontier you have a lot of farmers using your service I can imagine that they're obviously primarily using your service to access information about farming um, is there any other areas that your users frequently ask for that might be completely different to farming but challenges they face in their daily life which they can't solve without the internet which they're trying to solve is there anything else that you see a service like WeFarm could expand to or uh, where, where people are, are having problems that are trying to solve with, with your platform yeah I mean so obviously it's uh, you know we're dealing with a a level of content now that we see we see just about everything uh, from time to time um, you know we, we deal with about 15,000 questions and answers a day now um, so yeah we get some we get some left left field content at times but we really do try to, to moderate into into a discussion about agriculture and you know I mean it's it's 70 percent of the, the the economy the GDP in countries like Kenya and Uganda um, you know there are small-scale farmers who are, who are both you know they're they're semi-subsistence so it's it's ex extraordinarily important for them and their family but it's also their their business uh, and, and so it, it is really a lot of their life um, so you know the vast vast majority of our content sorry, uh, you know is, is on agriculture but across a huge range of things I mean there's almost limitless questions or, or specifics that people have about different uh, forms of agriculture from you know chickens that aren't laying eggs to you know coffee plants with certain diseases to a lot of farmers who want to try plants planting a new crop 
crop? You know, I want to try panning passion fruit. You know, what sort of soil do I need? How do I start doing that? And then obviously the kind of the business side of that of, you know, I'm looking for a market for my honey or, you know, can somebody help me create a label to, to, to market it? And, you know, I mean, virtually everything. On the journey to really scaling this, to make this really a billion dollar company at global scale, first of all, what is the kind of end goal? What's the big vision behind this? And secondly, on this journey, what do you envisage as the main challenges that you will face and you still have to solve? I mean, so the big vision for us is to create the global ecosystem for small-scale agriculture, um, you know, on behalf of the, the hundreds of millions of farmers in this space. Uh, and I think really do it from their point of view and their, their side, as it were. You know, and I think there's obviously tremendous opportunities for us to facilitate the, the global supply chain in that and, you know, aggregate crops on behalf of the farmers and, you know, really mediate that supply chain. You know, if you think about the average dollar of coffee sold in a, in a U.S. supermarket, you know, the farmer's probably getting one cent of that. And probably the supermarket's only getting one cent uh, as margin. And, you know, 98 cents in the middle is, is middle people, traders, etc. Um, you know, I think there's a huge opportunity for WeFarm to disrupt that uh, and do it more favorably, you know, probably for both ends of, the, of that supply chain. Um, on the other hand, we can also then help farmers to, to access the, the, the products they need, whether that's you know, fertilizers and seeds or loans or insur insurance. And again, do that favorably on their site, um, which is, is not always the case at the moment. Um, so that's, that's really the big vision is to provide all of that uh, across agriculture. I, I don't think there's any lack of challenges on the way um, for us, you know, going into new markets and different countries, you know, looking at the potential for launching in India next year, you know, potentially China and, you know, very different economies, very different markets, very different uh, ways of communicating. And, you know, as a business, we obviously have to be able to adapt and, 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 and do that globally, not just in, in East Africa. Um, and really, I think... Our, our number one focus and, and challenge is, is making sure that we do continue to do this on behalf of the farmer. You know, trust is, is the most important commodity we have. Um, and I think we're very lucky to have, you know, very high quality VCs on board with us that get the bigger picture that, you know, there's, there's ways that we could make a lot of money in the short term by sacrificing that trust. And, and really no one's interested in that. We're interested in building a, a massive global business that, that really has the buy-in from the, the small-scale farmer is, uh, ecosystem. Do you see with your big vision? Do you see anybody trying to do that already, or doing it already through other means, trying to really kind of unify farmers and kind of giving them more leverage in the end on the global markets? I, I mean, I think yes. I mean, I think there's there's massively more interest in this space and in agriculture in Africa, especially than there was a few years ago. Um, I think most people are coming at it from the other side uh, than we farm. So there's all, all sorts of people trying to build marketplaces or, you know, f uh, financial uh, systems for, 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 for small-scale farmers or, or ways to, to aggregate and export crops, uh, you know, all of those different bits and pieces. And I think where we farms always come at it is from the other end of let's just build a, a platform that farmers use and, and join and, and do so on massive scale. And then we'll start to introduce those kind of services once we have, you know, a million, two million, ten million farmers using it. Um, so I think we're kind of coming at the, the problem from, from a very different angle than, than a lot of other people. And, you know, we hope that that's a strategy which will, you know, will take us a lot further. But, you know, uh, there are increasing, I think uh, there's going to be much, much increasing competition for us over the next few years. And, you know, ultimately, that's a, a really good thing. It's, it's, you know, great that, that people are, you know, starting to provide services to, you know, the kind of forgotten billion. I think what's great about you guys, and uh, I have one last question about that, is that you're attacking basically a sector that has been deemed in the past as unsexy or, you know, why would I want to get involved in farming? And yeah. then especially farming outside of the UK 
or the US or outside of, of the kind of Western uh, view, right? For any entrepreneurs that are looking to get into the sector, um, do you see there's a lot of opportunities for, 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 for solving issues using technology? And if so, do you see anything else that if you weren't running WeFarm, you would <laughs> attack straight away? Oh, I can't afford to think like that. Um, it's, it's, you know, we've certainly got enough in our plate building one organization. But yeah, I mean, it's, it is a space, I think, with a massive amount of interest in it. You know, I, I meet a lot of young entrepreneurs that are now looking to tackle the things in agriculture. It's, it's becoming sexier, I think, uh, uh, over, the, over the years. Um, and there's some really cool stuff that we do. I mean, it's uh, taking it beyond just agriculture. We're we're building some of the first NLP libraries in the world in some African languages. You know, we're we're bringing kind of machine learning to to even the unconnected. You know, we use some really sophisticated machine learning things, but ultimately uh, have people access that through a text message. And that's that's kind of a sexy angle. Investors and and the, the public get interested in that kind of idea of of this kind of mix of technologies and uh, you know kind of old school. Uh, platforms um and, and there's no lack of of uh, uh, i think challenges to be faced in the sector um you know small-scale farming is as i said before the biggest industry on earth i think and there's really very little there um you know there's been a lot of big fancy farm management systems for you know what we now see is the the massive farms in the u.s or, or in western europe but the re the reality is that 99% of farm on, on earth are, are tiny and there are no sophisticated systems. There's no really great uh, supply chain systems and there are a lot of things to be to be fixed. All right. I wish you all the best on the journey to fix uh, at least some of those problems. And uh, thanks very much for joining no, me today. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. This was Impact Hustlers. Impact Hustlers is brought to you by Waira UK, part of Telefonica Open Future. Learn more about Waira on www.waira.co.uk. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share the episode, leave us a review and consider becoming a supporter on buymeacoffee.com slash impact hustlers. This means a lot to me. Thank you very much for tuning in and see you next time. Bye.